So if we could give a round of applause to our ministers, Minister Onyeka, Minister Anu, Minister Adana, if you guys could please join me over here. Right? They look like they're ready to be pastors, Avi. I see it. I see it. All right. You guys can join me over here. Careful. All right. Hello. You guys ready? Are you guys ready? Aisha? As ready as we can be. As, as ready as you can be. That's true. That's true. How are you guys doing today? Are you excited? Good. Okay, just before we start, right, we're gonna need to talk about this. So our minister Onyeka over here, right, he likes to add some bass into his voice and it doesn't really reflect his real voice. So Onyeka, please, eh, please. There comes a time in a man's life. Oh no, though, it doesn't, no. It's natural. It's not, not, okay, that's fine. So just pardon him, right? He's, He's really trying his best. So just accept him for who he is, okay? All right. So I'm excited to be talking to you guys about this topic. It's called, what is your norm, right? So what is, is norm means like short form for like, what is your normal behavior or life or things like that. So I guess I'll start off with why do we need to discuss this topic? Why, why did you guys feel like talking about our norm was something that needed to be done? in the context of Rising Gen and Concept Fountain. Uh, Adana, you know this. Yeah, looking at me. She's our, she's our spokesperson. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So um, this topic came up in um, our discussion. So the ministers meet on a weekly basis to just encourage one another. And um, it was one of the topics that we were, God was ministering to us about. And what is your norm really came out of what are the things that we have been accepting that is contrary to scripture, right? The things that we say that is normal for us, but God is saying that is abnormal. And there are a lot of things in this life that we have come to accept. For example, we say like, oh, oftentimes say like, I'm confused. I'm not intelligent enough. Mm. Those kind of things that we say, we, we know those things in our lives. You know, they are contrary to scripture, but we have began to like agree with it unconsciously and it's taking its effect in our lives so we wanted to talk about what are the things that we're considering normal that is actually abnormal to God and should be abnormal to us so is there anything that you would say like okay you've learned okay this was normal for me before but God is finally unveiling to you that this isn't true Right, or things that you've noticed in the lives of people, just give us examples of what does it mean to like unlearn the norm? I think um, if I was just to give an example, there's, there's like Adana said, there's a lot of things that we have accepted in our lives as normal. And if you remember from Thursday, the teaching is the enemy designs a kind of bondage that is so accepted because it feels so normal but you don't realize it's still bondage, right? It, it's, so, it's so acceptable to us, right? And let's give an example, allergies. I know, I'm saying it, and I'm saying it in church, and it's not like I don't, it's not like I haven't had that before. It's not like I haven't experienced that. But the question is, if I really went to God, and I said, God, I have allergies, would that be something that resonates with his spirit? Him being, him being a spirit, Right, being that all that Jesus has done, would me saying I have allergies be something that's part of the plan in this kingdom? Yeah. Is this something that's part of my life as a child of God? Is this part of, even taking it further, is this something that's part of Jesus' life? Mm. Right? A lot of times, um, and I remember, Onyeka, we, we had this conversation some time before we even, before any of this started, of just thinking of the life of Jesus while he was on this earth, right? It, it's, it's, it feels hard to say, oh, the life of Christ is in me, right? But it's so evident to us, like he actually came and he lived his life on earth. So we actually have a blueprint of seeing his life. So if we now say his life is in us, I never saw in the Bible one time that Jesus was allergic or he had, you know, like he was sick, 
Peter's mother was sick, yes, but Jesus wasn't sick. There's no record of all these things that we accept for ourselves as normal as part of Jesus' life. And so if it's, if it's not part of the life of Jesus, how can it be a part of our life? And so that's the question. What is my normal? Mm. What is my norm? Add, um, a lot of these things, um, we don't realize that it comes unconsciously. It's, it's things that, you know, over time they have built up, mm -hmm. right? And then you begin to think, it shapes your mindset. And then the mindset that you have actually begins to become your reality, right? That's why it's so important that we consider the things that we have, you know, the way that we think. God is so interested in the way that we think because according to scripture, it says, renew your mind. As a Christian, it's important that we renew our minds because God realizes that there are things that we have been taking in that needs to be taken out that is unlike him. So that's why it's important that we, we really um, focus on this topic and really understand how are we thinking? What is the mindset that we have taken on that is not like God? Sorry, I had to take a water break. Um, I've been talking all day. So in the, why do you think that, because we're human, right? And I've heard like a lot of people say, you know, that was Jesus, right? Because like you said, Jesus didn't have allergies, right? But it's like, you know, that was Jesus though. And it's like a lot of us were like, okay, but I'm not Jesus. Is that, would you say like that's a statement that like we should be saying even as Christians? And why do you think we're making that distinction between Jesus and us. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think that question is for you, I mean, sir. I could go ahead, but if you want to say something, go ahead. But I was just, just because this is still fresh from Thursday, like I said something on Thursday where it's like, we identify so much with the dead man. Mm. Like, we literally just, I just quoted the scripture here that says it's Christ's life that is in us. But then the, the response is, but I'm only human. Mm -hmm. You've just taken the truth and replaced it with your own belief immediately right there. And it's, it's not saying you're no longer a Christian. It's not saying you're no longer a child of God. But guess what will happen from here on out? You will constantly say, I'm only human right when something is achievable or something like you is attainable in Christ your mind is now limited to think of yourself as only human and with you there's impossible things but with God nothing is impossible mm -hmm. with Christ nothing is impossible there's limitations when it's just you but when it's Christ but the truth is he's now living in us we have to like when the Bible says that, it's not, he's, he's not saying that, like, this is not literal. It's quite literal. Like, and we need to just renew our mind, like Adana said. It's tough, and it will take time, but the truth is we have to let the Spirit of God and the Word of God do that. To change your mind, to change your mind, to change your mind, right? You're saying you're only human, you're only human. You've, we've been saying it all our lives. It's hard now to say, oh, let's just change it. But we must go through that process. And Jesus lived here. The Bible says he left everything that made him God. And he dwelt on this earth. He was a man. He was a man. The same way he only did what the Father says is the same way we now have the ability to hear the Father and to do what he says as well. There's no difference between how Jesus lived on this earth and how we're living now. Sorry, I'm going to add again. Um, going back to scripture, you know, it's that statement that you made about we are only human. Scripture says, I think, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse, verse 14. It says, we no longer consider you from a human perspective. A lot of times we look at ourselves from a human perspective and we forget that we have been changed and transformed by God. We have a new nature. And that nature is God's nature. And then even in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 to 5, it says, although we are human, we don't wage war as humans do. So the Bible is, is continuing to tell us, hey, yes, in this physical body, you're human, but really you're not human. You're not ordinary. You are extraordinary. Because that new nature is 
inside of you. That's God's nature. God one time told me that, you know, you're looking at, at one point, I didn't have a job, and um, I was so down. I was looking at myself. I was like, I started saying to myself, like, you're not smart enough. You're mediocre. You're, look at all your peers. They have their jobs and everything. And one day I was sitting on my bed, and I was just crying. And God told me to listen to a sermon. As I was listening to that sermon, he pointed me to a scripture. It was Colossians chapter 2, I believe, uh, from 9 and 10. And he said to me, the fullness of God dwells in Christ. And in Christ you have been, um, I, I think in Christ you have been called to fullness or something like that. And he said to me, if all of me dwells in Christ and you are in Christ, doesn't all of me dwell in you? And then he said, when you consider yourself mediocre, when you say you're not smart, you're not intelligent, you're not this, you're actually calling me that. You forget that I live in you. You forget that I am dwelling all of me, the almighty God, we sang it, El Shaddai. He's almighty God. All of me is inside of you. And you're calling me names that I have not called myself. So I began to look at myself differently because... Before, I was looking at myself from a human perspective because I didn't have a job. Oh, I'm not smart. I'm not intelligent. I, I'm not this. But God saw something totally different. His perspective was different, you know? So we, we need to start looking at ourselves from that perspective instead of from a human point of view. Praise the Lord. Oh. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, so let me... Uh, let me kind of take it back just a little bit before I even address this. Um, when you have a house, right? Say you just, you moved into a nice house, right? How do you know someone has broken into your house? Like, what gives it away? It's when you come back and something is off. Like, there was a TV right there when I walked out the house this morning and I came back and there's no TV. Or this door was locked, and I come back, and the lock is broken, right? That's how you detect that an intruder came into your house. We work with norms. There are things that we establish as norms, and we use those things to identify when a foreign entity has put their hand in something. If you don't know the truth, if the truth is not your norms, the devil can come in and do whatever and you will not be able to detect it. You'll be completely oblivious to what it's doing. If, if every day you wake up, your, your window is broken, you fix it. The next day you wake up, it's broken. You fix it. The next day you wake up, it's broken. The day I come to break into your house and I break your window, and I do what I need to do and come out. You wake up and see your window broken and you be like, oh, that usually happens. That's normal. But it's not. It's, it's not normal. What? Your window break? That's either demonic or you need to find out what is put some secret cameras and find out how your window mysteriously keeps breaking every day. That's not normal. I don't even think they have a refund policy that covers that. So... Spiritually speaking, as Christians, as people in Christ, if you allow just anything to become your norm, like seasonal allergies, what is a seasonal allergy? Jesus Christ. Let me give you an example. You asked to give an example of like a norm that God changed. I was allergic to peanuts. Whenever I eat peanuts, I break out in pimples all over my face. This was, this was a while back, right? And then just one day, it just hit me because I really love honey roasted peanuts. I really, really love But one day, it really, really began to bother me that I couldn't enjoy honey roasted peanuts. It really began to bother me. And it just hit me, this is not normal. Why should I break out in pimples when I eat peanuts? I should be able to eat peanuts and be fine and look fresh. And in doing that, I said no. And mind you, to be honest, when I did this, I wasn't even like, 
I wasn't thinking about God. To be, let, let me just be completely clear. I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thinking about scriptures. I really wasn't. Just, I was just like, no. If I eat peanuts, it shouldn't affect my face. When I eat peanuts, my face should be fresh. No. From now on, when I eat peanuts, my face will be normal. It just hit me as a fact. It took me later on to realize that God opened my eyes to, to realize something. And I eat peanuts for like a couple of months and I'll break out. And then it took me to like the end of the year to realize, wait, I've been eating peanuts and I'm not breaking out. That's when I realized whatever you allow on earth is allowed in heaven. Whatever you disallow on earth is disallowed in heaven. You need to know the truth. You can't be sitting here and abnormal things. You're married, you're arguing all the time. That's not normal. What is that? When was the last time people argued? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody, maybe one of my brothers can text me the answer. You're at home, you're arguing all the time. You're, you have siblings, you're arguing all the time. Your parents tell you to do something. In your heart, you're rebelling. Are, those things are not normal. They're not normal. You go to work, you resent your boss. It's not normal. You come to church, you zone out. It's not normal. It's not normal. Every flu season, you get the flu. You eat, you eat milk, you get allergic reaction. That is not normal. That is not normal. You have to know the truth, who you are in Christ. And when you know the truth, you will find that your spirit begins to be agitated by those things that are not normal. It be, your spirit can't allow, it's just, my spirit is like, no, why? Why I can't drink milk, I can't eat ice cream? What's going on? What's the purpose of life if I can't eat ice cream? Why am I here? <laughs> ben and Jerry's is waiting for me, I can't enjoy it. Why, am I, why are we here? What are we talking about? Take me home, Lord. Just take me home. Because of ice cream, though? For I, yes. Wow. No, it's in a clinic where I'll be like, I'll see children allergic to everything in life, and I'll just be in my spirit like, how can this person enjoy life? Like, the parents will be looking at everything. No, they can't eat that. No, they can't eat that. No, they, and in my heart, just like, how can, how can this child grow up and enjoy the fullness of life? But as a parent, for your young ones, you can end it. You can. There are things that happen in my life that I know is not me. I didn't pray. Somebody was praying. Somebody prayed, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to pastor. You understand what I'm saying? You can end things. A lot of times people ask me, how, do, how did I come to know God? I don't know. I just know that somebody prayed. Before Jesus came, there was a couple, there was a woman that God assigned for the purpose of praying. Yeah. yeah. So even if your child is not old enough to accept the truth as norms, you are standing the gap. Mm. And if you're old enough, for God's sake, come, come to RG, come and learn the truth. Come to FTLW, come and learn the truth. Because like you said, eternity started well, is it, is it still 2,000 years? I think we've hit like 4,000. Somewhere between 1,000 and 5,000 years ago, eternity started. <laughs> right. Go ahead. You know, like something that I've noticed, like in terms of like what you guys are saying, it's there was an understanding that happened, and it also like you kind of like spoke. I was like, oh, this is not acceptable for me, right? So I'm gonna give an example. So a couple of years ago, right? Because Onyeka had. Prayed, prayer against like allergies and things like that. And I'm like, ah, it worked for him, right? It worked for him, right? So, allergy season came. I was sneezing, my eyes were doing this, all of it. I was like, you know what? It worked for Yeka. He said, just speak, and it works. So I said, I'm not taking allergy medication. I will be well. I was sneezing, I was crying, nothing was happening. I remember I even told Anu that day, I was like, Anu, they say you have to stand on the word of God. And I was like, but it's not working. I feel like I'm saying it, but it's not, like, it's not happening the way I've heard other people say it, they did it and it happened, right? So what happens when like, you know, you're in that place, you're like, okay, like I know that this shouldn't be real, 
Like this is not my reality. But it seems that like there's kind of a disconnect between, okay, I know it, but then what do I do? Like where, how do I fix this situation? Because I know like we say like, you know, renew your mind, but what does that, like, what does that look like in, if I'm starting? How do I come from a place of, okay, I know this isn't real to now, it's actually not true in my life anymore? Yeah, I was gonna give an answer just in, in two, two ways. First, in that there's a scripture that tells us you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Mm-hmm. Right? I like that scripture because it's such a statement. It's not, it's not conditional, it's not, it says if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. And I remember there was a day we went to Tops and God told me, he says there's no such thing as truth right, in the sense of truth, Jesus, that doesn't set you free, right? It's in the knowing, like you said. It's knowing. We think we know. Mm. We think we know, right? Do you know how many things you have thought you know that one day somebody will give you more information and then you'll be like, oh, oh, really? But you knew it. You taught it. You are the professor of it in school until you realize that Newton's law had to change or something. But knowing is not I read it and I memorized it or I can recite it or I can tell somebody it. Knowing is a heart thing, right? Knowing is, is the reason why I don't like question my, like the relationship between myself and my earthly parents. It's not, like that knowing is not because, oh, I see them every day. There's a heart knowing, right, that happened there. And that heart knowing is something that happens by the Holy Spirit, right? You could be reading a scripture and you hear testimonies all the time. You're reading a scripture and all of a sudden the scripture comes alive. Because now your spirit, which is the real you, the one that's meant to understand, the one that can actually understand the things of God has now received revelation of that truth. And now you know the truth, right? I don't know if you remember this day. There was this day in the house one day randomly. I'd been reading a book and I just ran downstairs from my room and I kept telling each one of you, like I came to your rooms. I was like, Jesus, like Jesus is the word. Like Jesus is the word. Like I had quoted it so many times, but that day, I understood that Jesus was the word. And so because I now know, not from a mental point, but from a heart point, every time I now experience the word, the revelation from that even gave more understanding to other things in my life, right? And then the other part is you can now know, you, there are truths that we know in the word of God, yeah. right? But like the same way you're living a life, um, Pastor's favorite scripture to every youth, Psalm 32, 8. He will lead you along the best pathway for life, right? Yeah. He's leading you, right? Just because you know, right? How many, there are doctors in the house, right? Just because your patient knows that you can use paracetamol to treat headache, do you recommend they just go ahead? No, right? You, you don't recommend they just go ahead. They come to you. They take your advice. You prescribe for them. God, Jesus, when he was living on this earth, he healed people, some blindness, some people spoke, some people he put the clay, he washed. God's way for you might not be the way he did it for Onyeka, right? You have a level of faith and he will walk with you there, right? But if you try to take his experience and try to make that your own experience, you will fall into a trap, a danger, Right? And now, because you're not experiencing the same results that he's experiencing, you leave an opportunity for the enemy to now start imputing doubt. Mm. Right? And then all of a sudden, somebody that you haven't spoken to in years now starts calling you. The devil is so stupid. But anyways, we move on. <laughs> Praise God. I'm just going to add to that because I know that um, there was a point that they, they were making fun of me for, for wearing glasses. Oh. <laughs> I have to bring it up. <laughs> And, um, and at, there was a point when both of you, actually, Anu and, so there was a point where Anu and Oyeka, they came on the stage and um, they were like, oh, glasses is not for any Christian. That was a couple years ago. 
you know, like we should know that we should be seen with our eyes and everything. So me, myself, I went, I went home. I was like, God, glass is not for every Christian. <laughs> I, I went home and I, I basically took off my glasses and I was walking around without my glasses and I was driving without my glasses. I was going like literally in work without my glasses. I could, I can see guys, but <laughs> if I wasn't seeing, I wouldn't be driving. But, um, I, I did that for a long time, and, and at a point, you know, the enemy will come and say, are you, still, are you seeing now? He'll start questioning me. And because I wasn't grounded on the scripture, I didn't have a revelation of the scripture, you know, by his tribes. Where he, there are so many healing scriptures in the Bible, but, like, I didn't have that revelation. And I was going off of what people said. And that's how you set yourself up for failure, like Anu said, right? And at a point, I was just like, God, I, I don't even know if this is going to happen for me. Because there was no revelation by the Holy Spirit. And recently, God, God started teaching me. Um, he, he was teaching me on fear, but he brought up that scripture, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The scripture before it, if we can put it up, is John chapter 8, verse 31. I'll just read it from my, he said, um, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. If you remain faithful to my teachings, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There, there has to be a portion of you remaining faithful. There's a meditation aspect of it. It's not that you just heard, you know, someone preach you know, and you take that scripture and you run off with it. And you're like, yes, this is it. And you're not meditating on it in your personal time. Mm -hmm. Because that meditation is really what gets it deeper inside of you to a point where you know and you know and you know and there's no doubt. When somebody asks you a question, if they say, what is the color of this speaker? You're, you're like, that is black. And they say, oh, it's blue. You say, no, it's black. I'm looking at it, it's black. Because you know and you really know. But when you don't know is when somebody will ask you a question. You say, they said, Sha. <laughs> they said on the pulpit that this is the scripture that we should be holding on to. And a lot of times we, we have mental accents. We will quote it. I, I think in, in the African church, in the Nigerian church, we are, we are very good quotas of scriptures. Yes, sir. You know, we will quote it from morning to night, but it's like the action... The, the action that comes from faith is not evident, mm -hmm. you know? And God wants us to get to that place where faith and action is mixed together because faith actually produces action. There's no way that you can have faith and you will not see it, you know? So, so that's really what he was trying to teach me in that my personal time. He said, you will know the truth. And who is the truth that you're knowing? It's Jesus. And we said it before that Christ is our life. If we know Christ, then we'll begin to know ourselves and then we'll experience those promises that God has given us. It says his divine power has given us all that pertains to life and godliness. His divine power has given us, it says he has given, it's not he will give. He has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And that's true, our knowledge of him. And then he says, so that we may partake of his divine nature. So that we will become and walk around like him. And even in First John, it says that we are like Christ on this earth. If we're like Christ, then we ought to act like it. But it comes from knowing him. When you truly know him, you know everything that God has given you as a Christian, as a believer, as a child of God. Then you will begin to know the truths that will then begin to set you free. Um. Everything you guys said is very important. Everything you guys said is very important. Um, you know, you can't take someone's experience and try and market it as your own. That's copyright infringement. <laughs> Spiritual copyright <laughs> infringement. <laughs> it comes from a revelation of the truth. Um, there's just something I want to add, right? Make sure, because a lot of times we use our level of comfort to gauge what we tolerate. 
So just I'm just I, I didn't want to bring up glasses because I look at the audience and see some people with glasses. I don't want anyone to go home with guilt. <laughs> but it, to be it's not normal. It's not normal that you don't have 2020 vision. It's really not normal. And any day you want to end it, you can end it. But it's up to you. Um, but um, what I want to say is, if the doctor told you you had cancer, you would go and see the pastor. You would do everything in your power to not tolerate it. Mm. Right? If the doctor come and said your son has leukemia, you would do everything in your power. You try and study the Bible. You you listen to messages. You call Christian friends. Pray for me. You send out prayer requests. You're trying is because you don't tolerate that. You may not be acting in faith, but part of you is not tolerating that, is not accepting that. But when the doctor says you don't have 20-20 vision, you're like, oh, I can just wear glasses. Mm. Because it's not causing you that much discomfort. Sometimes you use how something, how something makes you feel, your comfort, your level of comfort, physical comfort with something to gauge. But really, you should be using the truth. You see, my shoe is, is black. I don't care the color of my shoe, but if I read in the Bible that my shoe should be red, it will start to bother me that it's black. Because according to God, my shoe should be red. You understand what I'm saying? Though the color of my shoe is not affecting how I feel. Like, if, if, if I have some here, my shoe change color, I won't even notice. But if someone points out and says it's red, and I know I read in the Bible that it should be black, it will start to bother me. As a believer, that's the point where you say, nope, cannot happen in my life. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The gauge for which you gauge if something should be normal is the truth, not how you feel. Not the level of discomfort it gives you. Not how it's affecting your life or how it's not affecting your life. It is the truth. And this is the reason I'm saying this. Because when the devil worries... The devil never comes with a bazooka. He comes with a dime and just flicks it in your face. And then next time he comes with a quarter and flicks it in your face. And then next time he comes with a stack of 20s, throws it in your face. The next time he comes with a rock, throws it in your face. The next time is a boulder. The next time is a nuclear bomb. When the devil wants to come into your life, he won't start with cancer. He'll start with 2020 vision. He'll start with something that he knows you'll be okay with. So that when he brings the next level, you'll be okay with it. Then when the next level comes, you'll be okay with it. He's, he's trying to train you, condition you to be okay with abnormal things. So now, when the big one comes, it'll be much easier for him to convince you it's God's time. Mm. It's God's time, you know. God is calling the person home. It'll be so easy for you to accept that. You may resist for a while. For a while, you may resist and say no, but try, eh, I'm, I'm healed, yeah. <laughs> but the quickness with which you will switch to, I mean, you know, we thank God. It's God's time. He's going to be home with the Lord. It'll be so quick. Somebody who from day one you brought a dime. I said, no. The Bible said dimes are not for me. When you bring cancer, there's no point I will switch. It's, no. I went to get a physical and they told me, the doctor felt me and I felt it. Told me I had a lump on my kidney. That I need to go and check it out. While he was talking, this, this is the first time I experienced this. There was no struggle in my heart to say No. By his stripes, God, this is what you said. In the name of Jesus, no sickness can, there was no struggle. The whole time he was talking, it wasn't even registering in my mind. There was no struggle. I just thanked him. I said, thank you so much. And I walked away and I came to church and I forgot about it. And it hit me later on. I was like, when did I mature to the point where Somebody can tell me I have a lump and it so doesn't bother me because I know who I am in Christ. Because mm. I remember before, cough. <laughs> I'll open scripture though. This is what the Bible says. God, you are true to your word. 
no, Baba, you are. But now it's like the other day I was in production, my finger, I felt a sharp pain going here. I said, You just want attention. I moved on. I know it sounds like I tried to flatter my dad. That one, I learned it from him. There was a time he stopped his toe. He stopped his toe. And I was just like, when you stop your toe, after a few minutes, it will go away. I saw my dad speak to the pain. And I was like, but if you just wait like 10 minutes, it will go away. Like, you don't like, I don't understand. There's really no need to speak to the pain. But it amazed me that he didn't even tolerate the pain. He was like, no, this is the toe that is attached to Christ. You don't belong there. And that opened my eyes. That was when it registered for me. There are a lot of things I tolerate in my life because from a logical sense, I can afford to tolerate it. Yeah. From a human sense, point of view, I can afford to tolerate it. I'd stop my toe. I just need to wait 10 minutes. It'll be fine. I just need to endure the pain for 10 minutes. You understand what I'm saying? The truth is what you use to gauge what is normal. Not how you feel about the experience not the level to which it is affecting your life negatively. That is irrelevant. Because there are a lot of things the devil will bring your way that it may not affect your life negatively, but it's training your mind to accept the real one that you will now bring that will shatter your marriage. It's training your marriage to accept things from him. So once you see something that doesn't align with the word of God, shut it down right away. Right away, unforgiveness, bitterness starts, shut it down. The rebellion starts rising, shut it down. Your parents say, stop staying out late. You're staying out late. Shut it what? Down. Shut it what? Down. Down. Because the day you grow up and get married and your wife will say something and you don't honor it, the devil has trained you not to honor, not to honor man. You will not be able to honor God. The devil has trained you not to love men. You'll not be able to love God. The devil has trained you not to honor your parents. You'll not be able to honor your wife. Mm. That day, when she says, I'm leaving you, that's the day you're going to start crying to God. But the devil had been culturing you, training you, training you. Oh, it's okay. They can't tell you what to do. And you were just accepting all that rubbish. Shut it down. Shut it down, man. Put, put that snake in its place. Praise the Lord. Just in line with what you were saying about, like, <laughs> like there was something, like, just to give a personal example, right? Um, so when, like, last year, right, I had the opportunity to work under Minister Onyeka here, right? And he had made a statement to me one day. He was like, do you have a problem with authority? And I remember when he said that, I was like, first of all, Calm down. Don't be insulting me like that. Don't play with me. And I was like, why does he think I have a problem with authority? And he was explaining, like, it always seems like, you know, when we say something, you're always like, but, but no, but no. And I was like, it's never that deep. I'm just, and I always, like, justify, like, I'm just a logical person. I just like to argue. I just like to do all of these things. And I remember it was until recently, and I was like, but if people are saying, Lulu, why do you have a problem with authority? Maybe I need to consider it. And I felt like I had already just accepted. I'm just a logical person. I'm just loud. I just like to argue. Like, it was things I was like, oh, these are just my personality traits, right? It's not, like, it's not that big of a deal. We're okay, we are arguing. I'm still going to go to heaven. It's never that deep, right? But it was like, okay, it's starting to seep into different areas of my life, right? If when even in the church where I'm serving, I'm having a problem accepting authority, right? I remember even when PV said, oh, Lulu, do you want to be president? I was like, PV, you know that I'm a fighter. If you don't agree with me, I'll fight you. And I was like, why did I start to accept, like, even these little things that I didn't seem to be a problem, right? And I was like, God, uh-uh, I'm not a fighter. Okay, I'm a lover, not a fighter, right? And it's just, like, even things like personality types, right? And we're talking about this at the lock-in for the women. It was like, we've come to accept some certain personality traits. Like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just a loud girl, you know. I just, I just play too much, or I just eat too much food. It's just who I am, you know, like... And we start to like accept certain things that are just our personality. So when it comes like like somebody had said like your identity, 
where, like, how can you, like, recondition yourself when it seems like this is just something that has been part of you for so long, right? It's, like, some, it's as simple as this is just my personality. Because things like, okay, you are sick. It's kind of, like, I don't say it's easy, but it's, it's like an external thing that it feels like, okay, this is a foreign thing that's coming into my body. But how does that work when it seems like this is something that is just, this is, this is who I've been since the day that I was born. I've been arguing with my parents since... Jack, like at this point, they've just accepted that Lulu just likes to argue, right? How do you, like things that seem to be so like, this is who I am, the core of who I am. How do you seem to like detach that from like your identity in Christ? Sorry, I keep, I keep asking you guys deep questions. Um, honestly, I, I don't think it's, there's only one way and it's the word of God and your your willingness to yield to the spirit of God mm. and to the transformation that he has prepared for you, right? <laughs> I, I remember the earliest time somebody ever explained to me, they used the analogy of an, an antivirus, right? If you have a computer and your computer has, is loaded with virus, they give you an antivirus, right? Mm. And then you install the antivirus on your computer and then you let it run its program. You don't try to argue with the antivirus that you haven't finished is the level to which you have virus that that antivirus is going to keep working. But you don't prescribe to the, to the antivirus what it needs to do. Same way with the word of God. We so try to prescribe to the word of God what we need in our lives, what is necessary. We try to tell God what we think he should be changing in our lives. But God's plan, there's no, oh, I'm going to work on this area, I'm going to work on this area. It's all together. He has prepared, the day you said, I give my life to Christ, you enter a program called the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, mm. that the result you are going to get from it is that if you apply yourself, he will transform you. It says beholding the Word of God like in a mirror. The Word of God, over time, right, will show you who you are, the mirror. It will show you who you are. In that mirror, you also see who you are not. Sometimes it's the way you know who you are is showing you who you're not, right? So in the word of God, you find out the things that don't belong to you. And by the help of the spirit and by meditating on the word, he's going to ground it in your heart, right? The reason why you believe the things you've believed is not because they were the core of who you are when you came out and you believed them immediately. It's because over time you accepted it. Now, don't try to rush the word of God and his process, Stay in the word of God. It might not even look like you are changing. And that's the thing. It might not even look like anything is happening. But the word of God has been described as a seed. You sow the seed in the ground. You don't pull the seed out of the ground the next day because you don't see the blade. You water it. You, 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 you meditate on the word of God. Even if nothing is happening, you still stay there. You let the word of God be in you. And then you will start to see the change. As a matter of fact, when the change starts happening, it might not be in the areas that you even think about, right? You might be focusing on, oh, I'm loud, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't accept authority. And then in studying the word, in doing this thing, you start to see changes in other aspects of your life. Rejoice about those changes and recognize that the word is, it knows. It says it will not return to God void. It will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. And in your life, this God will reveal to you the word that will transform every aspect of your life till you become like him, right? And that might be, a, actually, it's not might. It's a lifelong process for every one of us, right? The more you go, the more you behold the word of God as in a mirror, the more he will show you who you are, the more you get refined into that final version of Jesus Christ. So just to add to this, um, I think a lot of times the, where the enemy gets us is that we are so used to seeing what we do. We're so used to seeing the things around us, like looking at the physical, that it's hard for us to look, to see the spiritual realities as true, right? Um, in, in scripture, Jesus, Jesus is such a wonderful example for us. Um, in that same John chapter 8, verse 25 to 27, in the middle of it, he says, For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me. 
I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. And then in uh, verse 28, it says, I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. You know, the enemy can come to you, and when you're, when you're quoting scripture over, you're confessing scripture over your life, he's like, that's not true, that's not what you're seeing. And it becomes easy to buy into what you're seeing because you're like, I'm not changing, I'm still, I'm still talkative, I'm still, you know, um, combative, I'm still this, I'm still that. Because that's what you're seeing on the physical, like, on a daily basis. So it becomes hard to reconcile it with what God is saying. But, you know, Jesus, what he said is, is so wonderful because he says, I only, God said it, I only say what the Father says. So when you're saying what the Father says, you're not lying. Because that's what often comes into our mind, that we're lying when we're saying the word of God and it looks different. But you're not lying. You're saying what God said. God is the one who said it. So you're just repeating what he said. So if the enemy has a problem, he said, go take it off with God. It's not me you should take it off with God. He said it. Even the enemy comes to us and say like, oh, you think you're saved? Look at you. Look at your life. Well, Jesus, Jesus took my place. It's no longer me. Go take it up with him. You know, and, and the more that we realize that what God says is completely truthful, then we realize that what we're seeing is actually the lie. You know, when, when we, we make up our mind to say, like, the word is truth, no matter what. It doesn't matter what they're saying in the news. Oh, there's no evidence. There's no this. There's no that. God said it. That's my truth. There's no other thing that is going to make me think that this is not true. So even for me, personally, I'll conf- like I'll, I started confessing a scripture about freedom. You know, I said it's for freedom that Christ has set me free. Therefore, I will not allow any bondage to burden me again. It is for freedom. And I'll confess it over my lives. And, and, and the enemy will come and say, well, you're not freeing this. You're not freeing that. Look at you. Look at that, like it's still a bondage, it's still a chain over you. So obviously what God said is not true. And I'll say, no, 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 Jesus, Jesus said, he that the Son has set free is free indeed. And then in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set me free. Christ meant it, he intended for me to be free. And that freedom is for me. And I, I said to myself, no, I done that, like, don't look at the things that you're seeing. Look at what Christ has done. Look at, look at the freedom that he has given you. And when those thoughts will come, I say, no, no, no. Lord, I thank you because I'm free. You already gave me this freedom. I'm going to enjoy it. You didn't create me. You didn't bring me to this earth so that I would be suffering. And, you know, like in my mind, it's like a bondage. No, you didn't bring me to this earth not to enjoy the things that you have created. And I kept declaring that over myself. And it began to work. You see, when you started speaking the word, when you started confessing the word over your life, it was working from the beginning. Although you're not seeing it physically, that doesn't mean that it's not working. And we need to start thinking from a spiritual perspective where things are moving and shaking in the spirit, although you're not seeing it with your physical eye. Right? Faith doesn't see with the physical eye. It sees with the spiritual eye. That's why God says, you know, in Ephesians, let him open our eyes of understanding. That's a prayer that Paul prayed for the church. That God will open the eyes of our understanding. That's a spiritual eye that needs to be opened. Not the physical eye. God needs to shut that physical eye so that you can see clearly what is happening. So the more that we confess the word, it's already working from the start. Is, is taking out things, is weeding out things, is pruning you, is making. And when God is finally done, then you see the physical manifestation of it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clearly, Pastor is excited. <laughs> Somebody is excited. <laughs> um, let me, I love, I love you guys. <laughs> I don't know why whenever you guys talk, like, <laughs> the teaching moments I'll be having regarding my heart, it's just crazy. Um, let me just add to what you people said, right? Because you talked about confessing the word and 
I'm going to I'm going to ask a I'm going to ask a question and then I'll say my main point. If I gave you if I gave you an object as a gift, something that needed to be assembled, you've never seen it before. It's unlike anything that exists in for in, in in existence. It doesn't nothing like it exists. So it's not like you can reference. There's no tutorial. There's nothing. But I give you a manual on how to assemble it. Would you consult the manual or would you meet to discuss your feelings or your opinions on how to assemble it? You would just go straight to the manual, right? The reason why I'm saying this is because you need to be careful the conversations you have with your friends. You need to be careful who your friends are. You really need to be careful because when you confess, you see, Bible said life. Ah, mommy, help me. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Can a tree bear good fruit and bad fruit? That makes no sense. You confess the word. You're going to hang around spiritual. Ah, I want to say idiots. You're going to hang around spiritually ignorant people. Ignorant. Like, all they see is human point of view. Human point of view. What is going on in the world? This is the way boys are. This is the way men are. This is the way women are. This, oh my God. And that's all you're hearing on Twitter, on social media, on YouTube, in, in, in person, when you hang out. That's all you're hearing. And you go and you quote the word. And you go and you talk with them and you're saying, oh man, yo, in this job, they don't care about us. And you're agreeing with them? And you think somehow the word will work? You're tripping. You need to be careful because the devil really is in the business of trying to culture your mind, trying to prime your mind to accept things from him. And a lot of times he uses your friends. He uses people, your friends, your close friends. Hang around Mezmin. Hang around us. (laughs) <laughs> like, Erica, are you asking for friends? Eh? Yes. Hang around us. We'll go to Top's Diner. Leave. Stop, stop hanging around people who just, they don't know the truth. They don't. And they feed you all these lies and all this rubbish and remind you who you are as a human being all the time. All the time. They'll just remind you who you are. They'll say, oh, like Olufer said, oh, you know you're a very logical person. And you seek affirmation from these people. You seek for them to agree with you. Or you, are, you seek to agree with them. You want some type of agreement or common ground with them. But what association does darkness have with light? Mm. Do you not know your light? There was something that dropped in my heart to say. There are people who struggle with lust because they've accepted lust as a biological norm. You understand what I'm saying? There are people who struggle with lust because they have accepted lust as a what? As a biological norm. Mm. Oh, it's hormonal. It's natural. You lost. And that is the thing that is holding God back from delivering you. But God told me he's going to break that norm. You should know who you are in Christ. Norms, all these norms don't apply to you. Yes, A normal teenager can be horny all day, but I am a child of God. Mm -hmm. I'm hungry for the word. I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry for Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? The spirit in me takes over. I live according to the spirit, not according to biological norms. You can't be dominated by lust. Because of the spirit that is in you, you cannot be what? dominated by lust and these are things that people take and they go into marriage I don't know who I was talking with they think that masturbation will stop because you got married somebody was telling me that I don't know who you think that you think that oh when I get married masturbation will stop really (laughs) really you think that's how demonic um you think that's how demonic activities work they just check out because you have a wife (laughs) Let me tell you what will happen. You will do it, and you may even go and drag your wife into it. See, 
spirits go beyond you and go, like, when you don't follow God, the consequences are, are generational. It's generational. You take something, you allow a spirit to operate in your life and you have children, that spirit will start influencing your children. You allow a spirit of loss to operate in you, you'll be masturbating, you have children, they too will start masturbating. That same spirit will start affecting them. You understand what I'm saying? It's important to be the cut off line. This happened before until me. I am the cut off line. I am where it ends. You understand what I'm saying? I am where it ends. Don't play with these things because following God, like the blessings as well as the negative sides of not following God, the blessings of following God, it's generational. It goes to your descendants. Have you seen people and they can't for the life of them accept Jesus and you think it just started then with them? Who knows, maybe their great-grandfather, the gospel kept coming, he refused. The father-son refused. And then just over generations, the stronghold the devil had on that generation just became so strong that now their their great-grandchildren can't even possibly conceive what you're saying. For the sake of your children, young, young people, for the sake of your grandchildren, please know the truth. Know the truth. You will save them a lot of experiences. There are a lot of things God will reveal to you that you can shut down. And you stop spirits from operating in your family. Spirits from operating in your own personal life. You understand what I'm saying? Be careful who you associate with. I'm begging you, be very careful. I hear a lot of nonsense that believers say, utter nonsense. And I'm just like, how? How? Like, where, where, where does this come from? And I was just sitting here and I was listening and in my spirit, it just dropped in my heart to say it. A lot of times it comes from association with darkness. Darkness. You're associating with darkness. Please be very careful. The word is powerful, but you can, you can um, what did the Bible say, thorns? Thorns. You can choke it. Yeah. You can do what? Choke. You can choke it. And it won't, it, it won't grow. It won't, it won't grow roots. It will just like shrivel. The devil will just come and pick it up. God will use people to prime your hearts, to harden your hearts towards the truth. So now when you hear the truth, you say, yeah, but I feel like. And Christians get caught up in discussing their opinion. Jesus, man, your opinion is not that important. The truth is what's important. Your opinion is irrelevant if it's not aligned with the truth. You get caught up in this temptation, oh, what will deliver me is to talk about our opinions about this, talk about our feelings about this. It's kind of like the example I gave. You have an object. Are you going to go and be discussing, oh, how do we feel about assembling this? How do we feel this piece should go? That's irrelevant. Open the manual. You get what I'm saying? Save time. Open the manual because at the end of the day, that's where it's going to. It's going to the manual. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, our time is basically up. Uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to share with us. I, I learned so much. So not, I'm not a loud person. Even if I yell. <laughs> even if I yell, I'm not a loud person. Um, and I think just even to everyone, just in taking away from hopefully we've all been able to learn and like latch onto something that was said here. Because definitely like your associations, like Onyeka just said, like the people that you meet, whether it's at work or even in just conversation. And because just to give an example, the whole allergy thing, right? I went through a couple of years where I didn't have allergies because I finally, I was like, nah, -uh, no. And then I went to my new job and I started talking about allergies. And I was like, you know, I just don't have allergies. But I, I didn't say why. Or I was just like, no, no. Maybe, you know, there's not that much pollen in the air these days. Da, da, da. And it started again because I was like, I was comparing my healing to just, it's because of pollen. Because I was trying to like match up with what everybody was saying. Oh, it's just the pollen. So in terms of like the confessions, the people you have conversations with, right? Like Oyeka said, be friends with us. Mainly him, so he can take you to Tubbs Diner. But 
the people you associate with, they, they can either pour into you and make you grow, or they can completely choke out your faith. And as young people in college, wherever you are, try to find a community of people. And I love Rising Gen, shameless plug, but the community that we have here, we know that you find somebody in Rising Gen, you know that they will tell you the truth. They, oh, sorry. You know that they will talk to you about Jesus, they will talk to you about God. So surround yourself with people that will help you, people that will help you grow. Um, and as a customer here at Rising Gen, we're just going to take a couple of minutes to just meditate on what God has said, and Minister Anu is going to lead us through prayer. Um, but just speak to God about what you've heard today. It, it wasn't a quote-unquote sermon, but God is always speaking through us. God is always speaking whenever he brings people up here. So just whatever it is that he's ministering to your heart, just meditate on it and speak to him. Like, thank you, God, for the opportunity to hear. Ask him to open the eyes of your understanding and help you to see yourself through the lens of Jesus. And help you to see you in Jesus and see Jesus Christ in you.